You're listening to Juggernaut Brew. Juggernaut Brew. A beer review podcast giving in-depth reviews of great beer from a guy that loves beer. Mm, yeah, buddy. Give it a perspective about some that you may have had and some you may not have had. You mean to tell me there's more than one? And my insight into how great and not so great they truly are. We're not talking about seltzers here. From crisp lagers to heavy stouts and to heavily hopped IPAs. There's way too many to list. Straight to the glass. Now that's what I'm talking about. So let's not delay it anymore. Grab your favorite brew, open it up, don't mind if I do. And give it a healthy pour. Here's your host, the one and only, Mr. Joe Vittorio. All right. I'm excited to be here on episode three of Juggernaut Brew. If it's your first time listening, welcome. If it's your third time, second time listening, well, welcome back. I'm excited to review the beer that we do have today. Really unique really hard to get really sought after so I'm, I'm really excited to have this beer in my hands ready to go and I've been looking forward to this one now if this is your first time listening who we are simply as a state we are a unique brew review podcast of everything craft beer now I've been drinking craft beer for a while now um, my my gateway beer into craft beer was Sam Adams Boston Lager, which is what most people were. I don't know, maybe I'm getting older than that, but back in the day, that's what it was. Sam Adams Boston Lager was the craft beer of choice back then, and they still make some amazing beers today. But I still remember the first big-time craft beer that I ever had. It was so full of flavor, I spit it back in the glass because I wasn't expecting it. Now... I've been drinking beer for a long time, craft beer-wise, before it was cool, before it was mainstream, and now it's just taken off like crazy, and I remember years ago, I said this was going to be in, in restaurants around, you know, the area around the nation, and now it's just commonality to walk in and see some of these on tap at, we'll say like a Permani Brothers or an Applebee's or any of your favorite restaurants out there. Now, there are three formats to this show. Uh, brew and review, that's what we're doing today, so simply that, we are reviewing a beer. So I'm going to go over the beer with you. going to sit down and drink it based on appearance, aroma, taste, and mouthfeel, and then I'll give you an overall score at the end. Uh, the other format that we have is two and a brew. So two and a brew is when I bring a guest on, we sit down, we talk, we have a good conversation, and then we review a beer just like on Brew and Review, except it's two people. And then there's Brew Talk. Brew Talk is me having a beer just about something I observed, something going on in the news or in the headline that caught my attention, and I just feel like maybe ranting about it or just giving you my thoughts on that. Now, since we are doing Brew and Review today, how this is going to be scored is first on appearance. When I pour the beer out, what does it look like? Is it light in color? Is it dark in color? Does it have a heavy head on it? Does the head retention solid? You know, how's the lacing going down to the side of the glass? Second is going to be aroma. What does it smell like? Is it sweet? Does it have a citrusy punch to it? Does it smell like oak if it's barrel aged? Do I have some spices in there? Are there some fruit aromas coming off of the glass? Third is going to be on taste, which is the most exciting part to me at least and I know that's why most of us get it because we really enjoy the taste of the beer so we're going to score it on taste wise is it sweet is it bitter is it 
dry? Does it have citrus taste? Does it have fruit taste? Is it chocolatey? Does it have some uh, nuttiness to it? Is there some leather, tobacco, etc. in there? And then lastly is going to be on feel, so mouthfeel. Is it thick? Is it thin? Is it, does it have a lot of carbonation to it? Is it flat? Does it have a longer finish on it? And then we'll take all of those, tally them up on a scale of 1 to 10, average those out, and that'll give us our final score of the beer. Now, getting into Juggernaut Brew, I have one question for you. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, gather around for the most delicious show the world has to offer. Get ready for an exhilarating adventure. You'll find no pressure. Let me describe to you what I have for your drinking pleasure. An adventure of aromas and flavors for all to behold. An art form of barley, hops, and water to be told. From the microphone, I have this treasure to deliver to you. Prepare to be amazed by the one, the only. This is Juggernaut Brew. All right. So excited to get into it here again, looking at this bottle from this company. Let's go. <laughs> Now, before I before I open this, I already went ahead and poured it out, so it's doing its thing in the glass as of right now. But if you've ever had anything from Three Floyd's Brewing Company, their the artwork on their bottles is always amazing. Now, I've had Behemoth barley wine like forever ago, and by forever ago, I'm thinking probably like 15 years ago, forever ago. So I don't remember originally what it tastes like in this barrel age version i'm excited to get into now looking at the bottle here we got skulls on the front of it with all kind of oh, nope it's not well it's somebody wearing skulls on there and uh yeah it's always some pretty aggressive artwork on there and before i opened it i, I couldn't find on the bottle what the alcohol was on this and now that I found it, it's a little early in the afternoon to be drinking a beer this heavy, but we're already open. We're going to go after it here and, and try it out. Now, the description on the bottle is we put our American-style barley wine ale in bourbon barrels for 12 to 16 months. The intense hop character gets rounded out and complemented with the natural vanilla, coconut, and bourbon notes extracted from the barrel aging process. All right. Now this beer weighs in at a hefty 13.6% alcohol by volume. Now that's that's heavy. When you're crossing over that 9% mark, it's really noticeable usually when you're getting into this. Now I can smell it coming out of the glass. It's sitting about a foot and a half off of me right now as I poured it. And we'll get into that on the aroma side. But right now let's get into the appearance side of it. Now, the head's dissipated on it. It had about a one-finger head. I did pour this into a chalice this time around instead of a standard pint glass because that's what a barrel-aged beer should be going into. Now, the head's dissipated onto it, but there's an etching in the bottom of the glass. This is going to keep a really, really thin layer of head on the top of this beer. Now, the color of it is holding it up to the light. I want to say we're getting like a, like a dark brown amber hue on it but it's more toward um the the brown side of it 
Think of it as if you were drinking a Belgian quadruple, for example. Um, if you're familiar with like what Roquefort Trappistice 10 looks like, is similar to what this looks like. Now, a lot of the barley wines that I've had have always had like a copperish red hue to it, to where this one is a deep brown color. And I'm imagining that that's what it took on from the barrel-aged bourbon process. Now, I haven't had it in a long time, so I can't say that this is what this looks like in the bottle, but I do remember just the original version of this when I had it, you know, was, was amazing. And that came in bombers with the wax cap on the top of it. But just the appearance itself, you can kind of see through it. Um, when you're rotating the glass here, holy cow. It looks really syrupy when you tilt it to the side. So if you're thinking about drinking like wine and the legs running on it, you know, is how you determine what the mouthfeel is gonna be before you even get into it. This has almost a permanent line on the side of the glass that does not dissipate. So you don't even have legs that start running out of it. So the viscosity of this, I'm imagining it's gonna be pretty heavy. Uh, the, the appearance of it, um, I'm kind of scared and I'm not I'm not saying because of you know that it's a bad looking beer it's the alcohol percentage is what's kind of throwing me off right now getting into this on the appearance side for a barley wine except for you know the head dissipating on it which is kind of expected so I'm not gonna beat this one up too bad like I did the barrel aged blackout style uh, but looking at it it's it's kind of a run of the mill when you're just staring at the beer itself there's and the glass is clean it is polished so it's nothing due to any impurities on the side of the glass that are dissipating the head i am digging the color though sitting on my um mahogany color table here it does look pretty cool you know with the uh like the gold color chairs that are around it and then i have some placemats on my table that are that are like a copper kind of color but looking at this it's it's pretty nice just the way that it does sit and the head that is popping up in the center of it from the etching in the glass you know it's, it's a deep brown color is what it's starting to produce there so overall in appearance you know I, i'm gonna give it i don't want to go the safe route i'm gonna give it an eight all right and the reason i'm gonna give it an eight is when i think about what it is it's a barrel aged beer so it's gonna take on some of the color of that I know the head's going to be thin on it because it's just a barrel-aged beer. It is what it is. Uh, the brown color to it, I, I'm expecting that just because of the barrel-aged. I probably just repeated that. And when you roll it on the side of the glass, that, that gets me pretty excited to know that this is a quality beer just with the amount of beer that stays on the side of the glass and doesn't develop those legs. So we're going to get into it. We're definitely going to say that that is going to be an 8 on that scale of it. Now let's get into the aroma of this and I can kind of smell it a foot away from me or a foot and a half away from me. So let's dig into this here and see what we got. All right. Initially there. <laughs> mm, buddy, I'm telling you, it's gonna it's gonna be good. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna spell it again. Alright. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is no doubt that there's alcohol in that glass and it is strong a lot of the barrel is coming through a lot of the bourbon is coming through that it, it's so front on that like if you were to empty out a bourbon barrel like just went ahead racked all the bourbon out of the barrel and you're getting ready to store that barrel that's what it would smell like i mean there is notes of dates in there uh let's see what else there's raisins in there, there's cherries in there, there's plums in there, 
There's toffee in there. It doesn't disappoint. I mean, I, I can tell you that right now. It's it's not going to disappoint. I, I know it's not going to. There's vanilla in there. There's caramel in there. There's brown sugar in there. there there's so much in there that I know just as it sits here and, and warms up in the glass that it's just going to continue to develop. But it's, it doesn't sell short on the aroma side of it. And even when you think of a barley wine, it's everything you would imagine that a, that a quality, I don't want to say a quality, that an exceptional barley wine would have an aroma of. Like, it's it's no bullshit. That's, that's for sure. Trying to pull more... You, you can even smell the hops coming out of it. Like, I, I don't want to say it's a dankiness. It's almost an oxidation is kind of what it smells like to where, like, the hops are either lost in the aging process of it. And this doesn't have, I'm going to look at this bottle again to see if there's a stamp on here of when this was produced. Sometimes you can get it out of the, out of the bottle here. So we're looking, there's no way that's a year old. It might be. If any of you have ever been able to read bottles, sometimes at the bottom here, when you're looking into the etching of it, there's always a number. And that number usually represents when the glass was produced. I'm showing that this was produced in 22. So this might be, this might be a year old, which would kind of say why you have some oxidation in there. But even at that being a year old and as big as this beer is, that shouldn't really be a factor. So you do have some oxidized hops in there. Maybe a little bit of oxidation on like the fruit forward side of it, but super complex. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. I can't get, I can't wait to get into the taste of this, but just on the aroma alone, it, it's so over the top in fruit. There's, oh, you know what? That's what I'm getting out of there. Let's, let's go after this again. Let's see what we got. It's molasses. So getting like a, like a sharp aroma of molasses. Like if you, if you've ever just smelled straight molasses, it's, I don't want to say it's like a bitter aroma. Yeah, I guess it is. It's like a bitter sweet aroma is kind of what you get out of it to where it, where it smells like, like if you were to take a leather coat and dunk it in sugar and then smell the leather coat, like that's, that's what it would smell like. It would smell like sugary leather is, is what I get from molasses. The aroma of this beer is so complex and let's recap again. We got cherries, dates, raisins, molasses. You got the vanilla from the oak, tons of bourbon in there, brown sugar, dates. It's, it's all over the place. But the aroma of it, I could sit here and just smell this beer for hours if I, if I could. But I don't know if I could resist it for that long just because I'm so excited to dig into the taste of it. On the aroma side of it, I'm going to go nine. And I'm going to go nine just because of how pleasurable it is how complex it is and it's beyond what i expected the aroma to be out of this beer so it's it's i want to say you know that my my expectations of it were high just because knowing what the company is what three floyds brewing produces knowing what behemoth barley wine was when i've had it before knowing what a barley wine is, my expectations were already high and this is already exceeding it. 
on the aroma side. Appearance-wise, not so much. I mean, but I, I gave it a solid rating for what it is and what it's supposed to be. But aroma just absolutely blew me away in uh, what I expected out of that. Now, for my favorite part, like, I'm, I'm salivating. This is how excited I am to try this beer. And I'm getting actually pretty animated with my hands. It, it's, I'm excited to get into it. Now, the most exciting part, I'm going to get into it. Let's go. Like, I'm so excited. Let's do this. Let's see what we got here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep, buddy. Holy cow. Wow. I'm just letting it develop here for a second. So if I go silent, I didn't fall over and hit the floor. That is incredible. The only way I can describe that is absolutely. And there's the heat from the alcohol. Absolutely. Holy cow. Incredible. That is... This is going to be a bold statement. That is probably the best beer I've had in a year. Wow. I've, I got to take another sip of this here again just to break this down to determine what I just got out of that. But it, my, my mind went all over the place from that initial sip. Let's go again. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, buddy. Now, initially, we're going to have to go slow with this. So this is going to take me multiple sips. Excuse me. This is going to take me multiple sips to try and break this down because there's so many layers in the flavor. So your initial five seconds that you get is molasses is very forward. And then you get a touch, a very, very, very light touch of bourbon that comes through. So you get that, like, uh, that caramely little touch of vanilla and spice comes right with that molasses. <clears throat> and it's so big that it surprises you. That's the only way that I can describe it is it surprises you. The amount of heat that is coming off of my chest right now from this, there's, again, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is definitely alcohol in there. But that initial molasses and then that touch of that vanilla and that bourbon that comes through there with that touch of spice is, it's really unique in the flavor of it. And then it develops into these incredible different layers of just like, holy cow like you were to think all right that's a good beer oh wait it tastes like another beer oh wait did i just have another beer oh is that four is that five is that six it's almost like having six six in the same glass the way that it develops so that's layer one we're getting molasses touch of bourbon spice caramely that comes from there and now I'm going to take another small draw because it's a monster beer and we'll get into that second layer of what I'm experiencing. Now this is warming up in my hand as I pick this glass up too, so it's starting to take on different dynamics. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I'm glad I ate before I drank this. 
We're gonna let that first fade. And there, that's where this twist comes in. <clears throat> and when I say twist, what you end up getting is after that first layer, you get this really hard cherry turn that comes on it. So you get this like Marciano, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, cherry flavor that pops through with a black currant flavor. You get a candy tangerine flavor that pops through. And then, yeah, so that's second layer. We're going to stop there because then it starts to develop again. It's first layer, second layer of all those nice sweet fruits that it opens up into. Now imagine that taken and, and mellowing that. I don't want to say mellowing it, but kind of meshing together with that molasses and with that with the first layer that you're getting of the molasses, the, the slight spice, the slight vanilla, and then that touch of bourbon that you're getting. And then you get this awesome, like nice fruit flavor that comes through with all of that and, and marry that together. And that's layer two. So one and two. I'm gonna take another draw, ignore the first two layers and see what happens. And this third layer, like I said, it develops almost six different times. <laughs> I pulled some air through it there. Let's see if I can push it a little further. All right, there's layer one, there's layer two, and there's layer three. Now, what layer three develops into is you get this tropical, like, pineapple that starts to pull with layer one and two. So now you have all that from layer one, all that from layer two, and then three gets really tropical and then it kind of flattens out. Now, as it's flattening out, there's other things that are happening as well too. Excuse me one sec. All right, just had to breathe there for a second. But, excuse me again. All right. So guys, you know what drinking beer things come with it, so I apologize. But you get this nice pineapple development that starts to come with it, and then you get a touch of like pear and apricot. So there's so much going on with that layer one, layer two, and then layer three, it's like, holy cow, what's going on there? And you get more of this fruit push that comes through it. All right, now I'm gonna take another draw and we're gonna go to layer four. We're gonna let one, two, three develop again, and then we'll go to four. <laughs> All right, so there's that. Mm-hmm, yeah, buddy. And then layer four, you get, it is, like brown sugar sweetness and then touches of <clears throat> really dark chocolate. Like if you're going to a, a really, really like pure, I don't is it coca, cocoa, coca, you know, it's the percentage rating that's on some of the higher end chocolates where you're getting into that. The only way I can describe that flavor is it tastes like chocolate and dirt. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because dirt is an earthy flavor. So you get this nice 
earthiness out of it. Now, I can feel this beer. So I'm not that far into it. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's every bit of 13.6. It is 13.6, right? Let's check. Definitely is 13.6. Now you get this really, that really cool layer of all of that sugariness that comes through it. And then you get that nice earthy tone of it. And that's layer four. All right, now let's let it develop some more and we'll get into layer five. I'm not gonna keep going back to everything, but you get the gist, you get the story and the journey here. So let's take another draw. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, buddy. And we'll give it a minute. All right. Okay. Now we're coming off of, remember, we're getting into that, you know, burnt sugary earthiness. And then you get big pop of raisins that start to come through. So you get this heavy, heavy raisin flavor. So your fifth's not ultra complex. And then six is where it's like over the top. So as you're breathing, as you're talking, as you're sitting, the finish on this is so long. You get heat. And when I mean heat, I mean a lot of heat. Like you've been sitting here sipping on bourbon, heat, okay? Excuse me. Now, you get a lot of the oak, a lot of the barrel on the back side of this. And you do get, excuse me, a raw flavor of bourbon. So it's like you're taking bourbon right out of the glass. Like it was poured into this glass with the beer. Like almost like, I don't want to say it's a generic flavor, but you, you can tell that it was bourbon barrel aged. But big bourbon flavor comes out of it to where you can almost taste like the original bourbon that, that the barrel was. I'd be kind of curious on what it was. But that's where it goes. Is you're left with, and then you get some hops, some light hops on there. A little bit of the bitterness on the finish. But it is... You would take the draw, all that ends up happening in the first five layers, and then you get to that six, and it's like, you know what? That's that's a really nice glass of bourbon that I'm drinking. I would definitely buy this bottle again and share it with friends, you know? But that's what you get out of this beer, and the heat is intense. My chests are so warm right now, and I, I do my podcast from home. I don't know if my cat... It's just feeling the warmth coming off of me, but she's just like rubbing all over my legs right now as I'm doing this podcast, going back and forth, really excited. I think she might want some of this uh, barrel-aged behemoth that we have going on here on this juggernaut brew podcast. But to rate it on taste all day long, first time on this podcast, I am going to give this beer a 10 on taste. And... That is saying a lot. As I said, this is the best beer I've had in a year. And it is, I wish I would have bought more of these and would hold on to one or two for a while. That's how good this beer is. Now getting into the mouthfeel side of it, it's moderately, I'm surprised for being a barrel-aged beer on how well it held onto its carbonation. Now, the way that I could describe it is like, teeny bubbles teeny tiny carbonation bubbles not something where you're getting into a pilsner and you get you know where it's 
pretty pretty effervescent getting like trap of spears you know those are highly carbonated like this feels like perfect uniform size engineered synthetic bubbles rolling in carbonation on your tongue the finish on this it is sticky on your lips that's how much residual sugar is in this to where your lips part with the glass and it is sticky like you lick your lips and it's like i have some behemoth barrel aged behemoth uh chapstick going on it, it's awesome it's like you're <laughs> like you're getting the secondary flavor of that like you know what it's pretty good you know at least i could take it with me for a little bit when i finish this beer you know that'll be nice and then it just coats the inside of your mouth to like um i would say similar to like a cough syrup is how i would describe it now on mouth feel i'm gonna give it an eight it's everything that i would expect from a barley wine the only reason i'm not giving it a 10 was i thought it would have had a little bit more body to it but I, I can't even really complain about it like i want to rate it higher and barrel aged beer is always going to be thinner but damn that is a good beer like i'm pumped about this and we'll go ahead let's tally it up right now because this i think is going to be holding you know we're going to do something different. Let's add it to the podcast. Why not? We're going to go ahead and give a championship belt on the highest rated one that we have here. So I think this is going to be crowned the first champion of Juggernaut Brew. So this is now going to be the reigning champ with a rating out of 10 of a total overall score of 8.75 so 8.75 is what i'm giving this one here and i cannot wait to finish this as we move on here but from appearance it's yeah to aroma is eh? and then to taste is boom just holy cow and then the mouthfeel that just lingers with it it's yeah it's an over the top you know absolutely expectation exceeding beer here my hat's off to three floyd they, they always do incredible things and every time i open up something with the three floyds brewing on it it is never a disappointment it's exciting guys i was excited to have you here and to share this beer with me but as always we must part ways at times so with that being said all right so i'm excited after doing episode three here and i want to Thank you for listening to episode three and crowning our first champion here on Juggernaut Brew. So reigning champ is going to be Behemoth, barrel-aged Behemoth Barley Wine from Three Floyds Brewing Company. And I'm excited to have anything moving forward here to see if we can go ahead and knock the reigning champ out. And any beer moving forward, whether it does or it doesn't, there's high expectations moving forward. I'll still be excited to try those as a new experience of anything moving forward. Because that's what we're here to do is to bring the experience, the flavor, and the passion of what I do to you. And hope you enjoy listening to it. Thank you for listening. And always in the end, it's just a little bit of words moving forward. Just remember that everybody you come across is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. So make the world a better place. And just remember that every interaction that you have is an interaction with a human being. Try to make it a good interaction and make it a better day for them. Make it a better world for everybody else living in it. If you see a piece of trash, pick it up, throw it out. Leave it better than before you came along. Take some pride in what you do. And remember, it could always be worse, but there's always good news and things in your day to move forward to and to be grateful for. 
Thanks again for listening to Juggernaut Brew, and I look forward to hearing from you in Episode 4. Thanks, guys.